poor in spirit, on the other hand, simply means that, I mean, humble enough to admit that one has sinned and is in need of forgiveness. It is a realization that true wealth and well-being are available nowhere else but only in Christ Jesus. Hello and good morning all. Now last Sunday we talked about um, humility from the point of view of the, prop, the portrait of Jesus Christ as it is painted in the book of Philippians chapter 2. And we saw how Christ humbled himself and gave everything and divested himself of all honor and all dignity and humbled himself to the point of being crucified on a Roman cross and living the life of a human slave. And the challenge is that we who are called by the name of Jesus Christ should be like him. And Christ demands of us that we should be humble as he is humble and holy and righteous as he is righteous as well. But then how do we learn to be like Jesus? Today we are going to begin to tackle that from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Today we shall just do a little bit of it, and God willing, we shall tackle the rest uh, in the coming weeks. So let's pray as we read the scripture this morning. Father, as we open your holy book this morning, keep us reminded, Lord, that these are words, your very own word. They convey to us your thought, your thinking, your will. They teach us how to be the kind of people that God wants us to be, the kind of people that God created us to be, to, be, to turn away from what we have become in the life we live now in the world and begin to transfer our loyalty and our allegiance to the kingdom of heaven. Help us, Lord, to be attentive. Help us, Lord, to learn, to observe, to hear, and to do what the word says. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we read from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. But today we are going to deal with only verses 1 to 3. Uh, when now, when the, now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst 
for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before me. Amen. That is the word of the Lord. So today I want us to be in school. I want us to be with Jesus in the school of spiritual poverty. Now Jesus came announcing the kingdom of, of heaven, the kingdom of God. It is the kingdom of heaven in Matthew, uh, in Luke and, another, and, and, and the other gospel. It is uh, the kingdom of God. So the two things mean the same thing. The kingdom of God literally means the reign of God. Now, after his temptation, as recorded in chapter 4 of Matthew, Jesus went throughout the region of, the region of Galilee, preaching and teaching the good news of the kingdom of heaven. Repent, said he, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus also healed every disease and the news about him spread quickly. The people brought him, peop I mean, brought him sick people who are suffering from severe pain, from demon possession, uh, those who having seizures and the paralyzed and the blind, and he healed them all. Large crowds from far and wide were following Jesus. And it is then that we are told by Matthew that he went up, seeing these huge crowds following him, he went up a mountainside and sat down to teach. And when his disciples came to him, he began to teach, saying the things we have just read and saying much, much more. It's a lengthy sermon. Uh, I, I, I took hours or longer, I don't know. Um, but this was at the beginning of Jesus's public ministry. And what he's teaching here, the Sermon on the Mount, is actually the life that is required of all Christians. It is our DNA. It is the DNA of the kingdom of heaven. Without it, there's no life. There's no, there's no space for us in the kingdom of heaven. There's no entry even. And so we begin today uh, to, to, to look at how we might gain access, gain entry into the kingdom of heaven according to what Jesus is teaching here and, uh, and according to everything else that he taught. 
So what is this, uh, I mean, blessed are the poor in spirit, says Jesus. Let's look at that. Jesus was born and, 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 and ministered during the Roman occupation of Palestine. Uh, we saw a little bit of it last Sunday. Life was characterized by violence, injustice, and righteousness, and all manner of evil. The people were oppressed, exploited and taxed to the bone. The Holy Land that had been gifted by God to his children was defiled by godless Roman presence. In exchange for special privileges, the priesthood had been compromised by the authorities so that they, they were working against the people. The Romans had allowed the priesthood, the ruling class really, I mean, uh, including the, the, the priesthood, to establish a ruling authority to, uh, uh, I mean, to keep the people under control. This authority also had its own police unit uh, which helped to maintain law and order. The council had authority also to collect taxes, and therefore taxes were charged for about everything. Taxes were, ta were, were charged even for temple services. The peasants who had very little, actually next to nothing to live by, were taxed as well. At the same time, the ruling elite lived in relative wealth and luxury. The Pharisees, on the other hand, and the teachers of the law, burdened the people with laws and regulations that no one could really keep. And the people were desperate. But there was nowhere to turn for help. During the, what is called the intertestamental period, the period between the Old Testament and the New Testament, various uprisings had occurred against the, 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 the Roman authorities, but they were all crushed. And this, looking now at our scriptures, Jesus, it is in this kind of atmosphere that Jesus, of hopelessness, that Jesus had come proclaiming the coming of the kingdom of God. The Romans were still in occupation and were as oppressive as ever. To the masses, the arrival of the kingdom of God, as it was proclaimed by Jesus, meant only one thing. It meant forceful eviction of the Romans from the land and the restoration of the kingdom of Israel to what it was, to the glory it had during the time of King David. Just before, he, after his resurrection and before his ascension, when Jesus was having a meal with his disciples, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? That is in Acts chapter 6. Nothing was as important to the people of Israel at that time than the coming of the kingdom of heaven and their Messiah 
to get rid of the Romans so that they can come back uh, to, to the land and resume their life of uh, uh, temple worship and the life that they had before the conquest. So now, what is Jesus going to do? The people are expecting to be delivered from the Romans. They're expecting a Messiah who is armed to the teeth, who will call people up to arms and lead them in rebellion and war against the Romans. Is this the Messiah really? Perhaps the people would ask. Has salvation come to Israel at long last? Now the book of, uh, um, another translation, the, the ESV, the English Standard Version, says Jesus opened his mouth and began to speak. This, in the same manner, the, the, the King James Version. Jesus did not just start speaking. He, there was a bit of drama to it. The people were really expectant. And he lifted his, his eyes and looked at his disciples. And then he looked at the crowd. What he was about to say was of utmost importance. It's a matter of life and death to the listening, to the expectant crowd. And Jesus, being a very effective public speaker, you know, he, he knew when to speak, when to, no, I mean, when not to speak, when to put emphasis on things, when to give uh, visual aids. Now he wanted all attention to be directed to the words he was just about to speak. And the crowd were excited. The atmosphere was electrified. And all ears were open. As they say, you could have heard a pain drop. Jesus opened his mouth and began to speak, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom Jesus had in mind was the kingdom of heaven is not a kingdom of this world. It is a spiritual kingdom. Not the kind of kingdom that uh, this, this crowd or even the, peop the, 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 the people of Israel had in mind. And these are the things, this is um, basically summarizes our lesson for today. Let's just look at... Uh, a few other things so that then we can we can get the, uh, the, the the grip of the whole message for the sake of today's lesson and and also the coming in the coming weeks now this is what uh, uh, the various translations uh, put put this these words um, uh, NIV blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven ESV, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, just the same. And uh, God bless those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of God is theirs. NLT, New Living Translation. Then happy are those 
who know they are spiritually poor, the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Now, this, uh, this is the good news uh, version. So I want us to look at the, this to the, what, is to, what, is, what, what does it mean? Blessed are the poor in spirit. What exactly does it mean? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, these days, the word bless, blessing, or bless, or bless can mean just about anything. It could mean being wealthy, being successful, being popular, good looking, having a good time. But biblically speaking, blessing has to do with our relationship with God. For example, in the book of uh, uh, Psalms number one, Psalms one, this is what uh, it is written. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. That is to be blessed, to, to have a relationship with God. Blessed, therefore, means salvation in Christ Jesus. And the blessings of life with God in his kingdom, his everlasting kingdom. Poor in spirit, on the other hand, simply means that, I mean, humble enough to admit that one has sinned and is in need of forgiveness. It is a realization that true wealth and well-being are available nowhere else but only in Christ Jesus. According to Apostle Paul, everything in this world is rubbish compared to the blessing of knowing Jesus Christ. Last Sunday, we said that the greatest blessing we can ever have is to be like Jesus Christ. And because Jesus had humbled himself to the level of a human slave, it therefore means that everyone who desires to be like Jesus has to climb down from a state of self-exhortation to a state of humble submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus means by blessed are the poor in spirit. The Good News translation says, happy are those who know they are spiritually poor. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. Now, blessed and happy mean the same thing in this context. But the key words, what we are looking at is, blessed are those who know, who know they are spiritually poor. Those who know they are spiritually poor. In other words, it is not enough just to be spiritually poor. 
No blessings are promised to those who are spiritually poor, but are happy to remain that way. Blessed are, no, are those who are not only spiritually poor, but those who know they are spiritually poor, and those who know that they need Jesus. In chapter 8 of John's Gospel, Jesus had a rather heated and stormy argument with the Jews when he warned them that they would die in their sins due, due to their failure to believe him. In turn, they boasted that they were children of Abraham, and for them, that was all they needed. Now, these people were spiritually poor, but they did not know. They did not admit it, nor would they acknowledge that they were they needed to repent and be forgiven like other or other sinners. The opposite of spiritual poverty is spiritual pride. The Jews and particularly the Pharisees were full of such pride. And today, uh, spiritual pride does do, I mean, it exists also in our midst, in our churches. Thousands and perhaps millions of people who come to church will not humble themselves to a level where they admit, I, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. So they keep on coming, but they gain no benefit, nothing of spiritual value, of eternal value, by their coming uh, to church every Sunday and doing the things that they are required to do by their church. So about the, the teaching of Christ is that in him, in other words, in Jesus, the kingdom of God had arrived, at least in part. And those who would enter the kingdom need to come through him, for he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God, to the Father, but through him, Jesus Christ. The prophets had promised, the, the prophets of the Old Testament, um, had promised that the coming of the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, and of the Messiah, would mean salvation, freedom, and deliverance from their oppressors. They also meant the restoration of, of Israel back to its former glory. Indeed, the kingdom of God had come in Jesus Christ, and the kingdom is still here with us today. But the kingdom of Christ is a spiritual kingdom and is open only to those who recognize their spiritual poverty, their need for a savior. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again, says Jesus in his word. And blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now throughout the four gospels of Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke, and, uh, and John, the good news of the kingdom of God translates, translates into forgiveness of sins accompanied by miracles of healing of diseases, healing of diseases, casting out of demons, feeding the hungry, raising the dead, and other miraculous I mean, signs and wonders. The kingdom of God also promises everlasting peace, justice, freedom from oppression, freedom from war, release of captives, deliverance from poverty, 
forgiveness of debt, and restoration of the earth to the original state of well-being before Adam's sin of rebellion. Friends, brothers and sisters, based on what we, has, we have said, what is our lesson? Basically, just what we have said, that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. My dear friends, Jesus, is blessed. Jesus calls blessed those who are poor in spirit. They are blessed because theirs is the kingdom of, of God. We are created to live, we were created to live with God forever. But sin separated us from our creator. Instead of living in God's paradise, we now, we were cast out and now live and continue to live as Adam did, a life of toil, a life of pain, of frustration, and ultimately death. That, therefore, sin is the cause of our spiritual poverty. Because sin separates us from God. It closes the door to the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, repentance is required for the forgiveness of our sins and admission into the kingdom of heaven, which is what Jesus Christ is teaching us today, that when you, when you discover your spiritual poverty, you begin to hunger, uh, I mean, to, to, to want for that poverty to be removed. And that's when you really have to come to your senses and admit, I have sinned and I fall short of the glory of God. And salvation is available only in Christ Jesus. And here he is now saying, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Rest for your souls. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom, my friends. It is entered by those who have been spiritually purified, whose sins have been forgiven by Jesus Christ. Now the door is open, the door to the kingdom of heaven is open for all to enter through that door that who is Christ Jesus. And Jesus says to one, as he says to all, come and be saved. Come, do not hesitate. We don't know for how long the door will remain open. So come now, my brothers and sisters, and be saved. That is the true blessing. Anything else, as Paul says, is rubbish. May God bless you as you come to Jesus to receive salvation this very day. Amen, and let us pray. Father, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you, Lord, for introducing us, Lord, to the basics of the kingdom of heaven. Father, help us to be inspired by what we have been taught and by the life of Christ to come, to have that the desire and motivation to want to enter into the kingdom of God. Help us, Father, then to admit that we have sinned and we need Christ. We need his forgiveness. We need to be cleansed by his blood that was shed at Calvary on our behalf. 
Help us, Lord, not to cover up our sins, for they will be exposed anyway when the time comes. Help us to believe in the Son that you sent to us and to receive this salvation that is offered today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.